Good morning, everyone. My name is Dennis Stewart, and I'm here today. We're teaching on knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. What a mouthful. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. I uh, talk about knowledge and understanding first. I'm trying to get my courage up to talk about wisdom. Might take a while. Well, what's the difference between knowledge and understanding? They're not the same thing. Sometimes we think of them as the same thing. Uh, whether we know they're different or not, we act as though it's the same thing, and it's really not. And we're better off when we see them as two separate entities, part of one, intertwined, and yet separate. And that's what I'll be trying to explain today in our teaching. But what's the difference? Well, a short in, uh, definition from the dictionary is that knowledge is the collection of facts, data, or skills. Understanding, though, is the interpretation and application of knowledge. I read a, a little gem I liked very much in Pastor Crawford's Wisdom and Revelation book. Knowledge is what you do, excuse me, understanding is what you do with knowledge. And uh, I like that. That's, that's a big difference. Understanding is what to do with knowledge. Uh, when I was in uh, high school, it's getting harder to remember that every, <laughs> every year, I was just as busy as I could be. I mean, I just was seemingly too busy. What with school, I had part-time work and had a girlfriend a long way from me that I was crazy about. Still am. There she sits. And, and uh, very active at church and every night, not only every day in school and working, but every other night was filled. I had no time to myself. And one day I just realized that I don't have any of this time to myself, and I tell you, I I thought I've got to get away from all these people that think that they can tell me what to do. I've got to, got to get away from all of this. So I joined the military. <laughs> That's why I won't be talking about wisdom until <laughs> later on. <laughs> And I, I remember not a, a really long time after that, I received a, a rude, if not a very brutal, lesson in the difference between these three words we're talking about, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Um, I was stationed at a very small island over 1,300 miles from the nearest bigger island, which would have been Hawaii. And it was a mile east and west by a mile and a half north and south. Now that's a small, it's a rock. That's what it was. And I was about to go stir crazy. And I had just got there. I was used to the wide open spaces. And I got to get out of here. This is ridiculous. So I applied for uh, a teletype school, repair school. I had heard that this 
school would get me off the island for six weeks, and I thought, that's for me, you know, so I got to get off this island. I talked to the commanding officer, and I, I guess I convinced him that I was the guy that he should send to the repair school. And uh, sure enough, they took me off that island, and they, they sent me to Ford, Ford Island. to this school and and I'm disappointed about being on another island <laughs> but there I was <clears throat> but I decided okay I'm here and I'm committed and I talked everybody into it I've got to make a go of this and I decided I'd be the best one that had ever gone to that class and boy I studied I studied so hard and a teletype at the time had a footprint that was smaller than almost all of the standalone keyboards that you're using on your computer. The footprint was smaller than that, and about 10 inches high. Inside were over 2,000 parts. We had to learn the name of every single part, and we had to learn the part that touched that part and the part that moved that part and the part that was the power to move those parts, and the part that that part moved. And we had to know them by name and be able to write them out. And boy, I studied. <laughs> I ate, ate and slept and laid in the rack at night and would thinking about all of the parts and could I name them and I'd go through them and finally go to sleep and next day I'd be doing the same thing and I just really, tried. They had a test one or two every single day and you had to take the test and pass or fail and I was clearly, if I say so myself, number one. I was first and a distance from second. I was so proud of myself. Academics first, imagine that. <laughs> so I was surprised as anyone. But I really had applied myself. And that was 80% of the class. I still remember once in a while this little spring that was about a quarter of an inch to three-eighths of an inch in size. And it was very important spring because if that wasn't working, nothing else worked. And <clears throat> it was the code bar, bail, clutch, latch, lever, guide spring. Just to, give you, just to give you an idea of what you're having to learn here for 2,000 plus parts. <clears throat> and I laugh about it every once in a while when I think about that. It hasn't earned me a nickel since I left the Navy. <laughs> but there I, why it's in there, I don't know. Because tomorrow, yesterday's breakfast is gone. <clears throat> but that's still there. Um, but I studied, and 80% of that, I was just number one. I was so proud of that. And that, that's knowledge. That's knowledge. The other 20% of the class was actually fixing the machines. <laughs> and the instructors would put a problem on the machine. They would put something out of skew or kilter or take a part out or break something. And they'd, you'd, you'd turn on your machine and you'd have to decide what was wrong, 
how to fix it, what parts to order or replace, uh, and fix it. Well, it was timed. And I fell from first place to about the middle somewhere. I mean, I just, I had never been a repair person ever. I was more the guy that broke stuff, you know. <laughs> <coughs> I was never the go-to guy for repair, repairing things. And I was so disappointed because I had lost that position. Well, that 20% I'm talking about, that was understanding. First 80% was knowledge. What you do with knowledge is understanding. See what I mean? I was lacking the understanding and I was so angry with myself because that's why you go to school in the first place is to fix it, not to call it a name. <laughs> and there was some of that, but <laughs> that's, what I was, that's what I was up against was not understanding. I was so angry about it that I made to, at myself that I made it a real priority that when I left that place, I would focus entirely on understanding everything about this machine that I was responsible for. And because there was a, a number of them around the island, because we were a communication island, and I might have should have told you what a teletype machine was. If those of you that are old enough to listen to remember, when they did the news, you'd hear rat-a-tat-tat in the background. That was that's a teletype machine. So uh, there was wow. fixing uh, the teletype machine. Are we on? <laughs> and uh, understanding. I knew that I had to. I knew that I had to get a, a, a fix, a, a grasp on that. So while knowledge is the foundation for many intellectual endeavors, understanding, ah, on the other hand, takes it a step further. I'm sure you can see what I'm talking about. It's adding context, interpretation, the ability to apply what you know in various situations. That's understanding. I believe that this uh, may have been the beginning of what we'll call wisdom for that particular job, wisdom. Because what I had to learn not only in regard to understanding was when to inspect and maintain all of these machines, to hold maintenance on them, if you've heard that expression. And because they were all over the island, it was a communications hub. When I got back, I learned that that was, there was an important PMR, Pacific Military, Pacific uh, Mil <laughs> Pacific Missile Range, I'm trying to say. Um, and when missiles were coming at the US, they had to alert the right people back then, and they did that on teletype. And it was explained to me in great detail, but those had to work all the time. And, and you're, you know why. And I said, yes, sir. And it was a great deal of pressure. So I had to, I had to learn how to fix all of these and maintain them according to how old they were, 
how much usage they each got, and how often would I have to be there to make sure they're still running. And then I learned that I had to go to another island to fix the ones on that island too. So this is what I was learning was, okay, that's the beginning of wisdom. Okay, if I know what it is, if I have the knowledge, I have the understanding, then I have to have the wisdom to know how to keep all of these running properly. Um, or it just it doesn't work. And <clears throat> so I'm saying all of that to say this. In our spiritual lives, our spiritual house, our spiritual walk, each of us are trying to learn more about God's word how God works, how God partners with his saints to do his will and complete his purpose, and how he leads us and blesses us. And I believe distinguishing the difference between knowledge, understanding, and wisdom is even more important in our individual spiritual walk than it would be in any career or in any other part of our life. These three, I think of them as essentials. And I believe that they have a triune relationship. They're intertwined, but they're individual. We can know that they're three individual things, and yet we can live and act as though they're one. <laughs> Do you ever... You ever hear somebody say something that might be true, but it was really out of place? That's what I'm talking about. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom, three separate things, three distinct purposes. We can't blend them in our minds and our hearts and our spirit. We have to separate them. In order to do God's will and perform his plan for our lives and the lives of others in the best way that we possibly can. That's where I'm going with this. Um, these three things can meld into one if we don't keep separating them in our minds and hearts. Um, apply them individually to every situation that we come across or that God is leading us into. Proverbs 24, 3, and 4. Through wisdom, hokma is the word there, wisdom, that's the skillful, skillful wisdom and wit. Through wisdom is a house builded by understanding, which is understanding, discretion, and reason. And by this way, it's established. And by knowledge, which is discovering and discerning and being aware of something and having cunning in that area, uh, in, to some degree, because you get in more cunning than you're, than you're into understanding, aren't you? Um, but by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Now we can say, I got it, I got it, I get it. There's three things, I understand it. But it's so easy not to apply them as three separate entities and to just see them as one instead of three that work together. As applied to successful marriage and family, for example, we might conclude, therefore, that a household can only be built 
and maintained through wisdom, knowledge, and mutual understanding. Does that make sense? If you have any questions, Kay and Zach are married, they can explain all of that to you after class. <clears throat> we should also conclude that our spiritual life or our walk is also built upon wisdom, representing our, uh, God in our daily walk of improved knowledge, improved understanding, and improved wisdom. It's based upon our communion with, communion with God and our obedience to him. Peter and Paul describe what, what I'm trying to talk about here in their own words. And while Peter doesn't actually use the words understanding and wisdom, he actually describes them <laughs> in a very, very good way, wisdom and understanding. Uh, and he's done an excellent job in doing that in verses 6 through 8 uh, below in 2 Peter 1, 5, 11. And um, let, let me uh, start with verse... Five, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, there it is, knowledge. Gnosis, 28 times it's used as knowledge and knowing. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. Can we see some understanding and some wisdom developing here based upon what Peter's describing? And to godliness, brother kind, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful. In the knowledge, okay, this epignosis, it's 16 times it's recognition and full discernment in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What if we don't do that? Well, that's the next verse. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his own sins. You ever hear any condemnation from an older Christian toward a new Christian? Forgetting that they themselves have been forgiven of their sins and not applying wisdom or understanding to what they know about the Bible. Three separate things, three important individual characteristics. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling on election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an interest shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Peter. He's describing understanding and wisdom very well in that passage. Paul, in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Sophia, used 51 times. Wisdom, it could be worldly or spiritual, and that uh, defined by that word, but Sophia gives you spirit of wisdom and revelation. That, that would be some knowledge and understanding, wouldn't it? Revelation. 
16 times. The eyes of your understanding, Dianoa, three times. Mind, or nine deep thought. This faculty, this disposition of understanding in the exercise of your mind. What a good definition, huh? Those Greeks are okay. Being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of, his, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Well, so let's look at these three essentials, these, these components to our spiritual lives individually. And I believe we should separate these. Again, I believe that in our minds so that we can be aware of what we learn. That's knowledge. Why we know what we know. That's understanding. And what is motivating us to make our decisions. That's wisdom. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom. It's not one thing. They're intertwined. We can't, we can't use them like they're one thing. We need to use them and understand them as three different entities that all work together. Am I clear? All right, thank you. I know that all too often in my own case, knowledge, understanding, is wis and wisdom are topics I find myself thinking about when I was wondering why things went wrong. What? <laughs> Why didn't I know that? Why didn't I know that would happen? Knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Oh, what made me think that would work? Understanding. Lack of understanding, right? And, uh, well, that was the wrong time to try that one. That was the wrong time to say that one. Wisdom, lack of wisdom in that case. <clears throat> Thinking about these three things on the other side of the incident, it's better to think of them on the front side of the incident. And so there can often be a difference in what we know and how we act. And uh, that's what I'm getting at today. So let's talk about knowledge. How do you obtain knowledge? How, how, what are the ways to have knowledge? Well, in Genesis 2.9, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and for good and, and for, um, for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And there it was. He made it. And you can have it. And what'd they do with that? They knowingly did the wrong thing. And they paid the price for that. And not only them, but the rest of us. So we can have knowledge and not act appropriately having that knowledge. They had understanding a little bit. Some of understanding. At least they knew the consequences. A lot they didn't understand. But they found out the hard way, didn't they? And so did we. 
Numbers 15:24 Then it shall be if ought be committed by ignorance without the knowledge ignorance okay i had used 492 uh, times this is knowledge you receive or that you obtain i should say by your eyes your sight your perception of what is happening i see that going on and i now have knowledge about that issue or i've just seen what happened i've experienced it because i've seen it or <clears throat> that one another way that we have knowledge but this is of the congregation everybody yet they were ignorant that all the congregation shall offer one young bullet for a burnt offering and the sweet savor unto the lord with his meat offering and drink offering according to the manner of one kid of the goats for a sin offering so here's what happens when you do something wrong but you don't realize that it's wrong until after you've done it. Anyone ever do that? Okay. All right. That, but if that happens now, that's the first time. And, and here's your sacrifice for that sin of ignorance, so to speak. But don't do it again. Because <laughs> there's a much stiffer penalty if you do it again. So we can have knowledge or obtain knowledge by doing the wrong thing, not knowing it's the wrong thing, and then we remember. That's another way to obtain knowledge, isn't it? How about Ruth 2.10? Then, then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, that's Boaz she's talking to, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldst take knowledge? That's Nakar. Sixteen times it's used. It means to know, to scrutinize, acquaint respect, discern, all of those things. They take knowledge of me, seeing that I'm a stranger. So how was Boaz obtaining knowledge? Well, by scrutinizing, by looking, by acquainting, by respecting, and by discerning. He studied her, in other words, didn't he? Studied her. And by looking at her and all of the things he did, she did, he then developed knowledge that he was comfortable with about her and knew he thought what to do about it. So that's how we can obtain knowledge too, isn't it? We study something, we see it, and we think we understand it, and then we decide to do something with it. That's another way to obtain knowledge. 1 Samuel 2, 2 and 3, there's some whole, uh, there is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more about exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. There's a warning. Don't think you're smarter than you really are. Because the only one that's really smart is God. Is that what he's saying here? <laughs> and knowing that, don't be trying to tell God what to do. Is what is being is going on here. So we can have knowledge, but think that we're too powerful, or think that we know too much, or think that nobody knows as much as we do. It's the same thing. But we have what we think is a lot of knowledge at some point 
and we have to be humbled in some way about that is what I get from those, that verse, those verses. 1 Samuel 23, 19 and 23, then came up the Zephites to Saul, to Gibeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself with us in strongholds in the wood, in the hill of uh, Halilah, which is on the south of uh, Jessamon? Now, therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of thy soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Beside, uh, excuse me, blessed be ye the Lord, for ye have compassion on me. Go, I pray you, prepare yet, and know and see his place where his haunt is. What's he doing here? He's trying to find David, isn't he? He's wanting to kill David. So he says, God has blessed me. I'm going to find out where David is so I can kill him. <clears throat> A little knowledge off kilter there, isn't there? Um, and, and who has seen him there? For it is told me that he dealeth very subtly. See, therefore, and take knowledge that's yada or yada, no known knowledge of all the lurking places where he hideth himself. Yada, used 400 or 645 times in the Old Testament and countless times on Seinfeld. <laughs> of all the lurking places where he hideth himself and come ye again to me with the certainty and I will go with you, and it shall come to pass. If ye be in the land, that I will search him out throughout all the thousands of Judea. He was hiding in plain sight among all of the population. Various places. So we can obtain knowledge as Saul was obtaining knowledge. We can obtain knowledge by hearing or listening to people that seem to know. That's what he, he was talking to them, wasn't he? Tell me where he is so that I would know and that I could act accordingly. And we will also obtain knowledge by listening to someone we trust. How many know that's 100%? But yet we can have knowledge, we just need to discern, don't we? That's one, another way to obtain knowledge. Is there a rejected knowledge? Well, let's look at the New Testament. Luke 11, 52 and 53. Woe unto you, lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge, gnosis. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in you hindered. And he said these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things. These lawyers, they, they had knowledge, they rejected it, and then they were preventing others from accepting the knowledge that they needed to come to Christ. So there's rejected knowledge. You know that you know, and you refuse to accept it, and then 
trying to get others to refuse to accept it. Is that happening in the world today? That's another way people are obtaining knowledge and uh, obtaining the wrong knowledge in many cases, or knowledge that isn't true. Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge. Pekinosko. 30 times used knowledge to perceive, okay? It's from Genosco, which includes to be sure or to understand. So they're listening to Peter and John, and when they did, they perceived that they were unlearned men, and they marveled at them. They took uh, knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So here were men that were wise, but in their view, they didn't have knowledge. But yet they were wise. And that was hard for them to understand, wasn't it? They didn't understand how Peter and uh, John understood. There can be among us those that are not wise in the natural, but yet very wise in the spiritual. You ever seen anybody like that? Know anybody like that? There's people that are very wise in the natural that are not so wise in the spiritual. And we've already read verses about that, and we'll read some more. Um, so you can have knowledge by thoroughly studying or thoroughly discovering knowledge and perceiving whether they are they have knowledge or not especially in the lord by how they act boy this guy can't even put a sentence together and yet he's very wise in the lord how is that all right romans 10 1 through 4 kind of an ill-conceived knowledge Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel that they might be saved, for I, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Epignosis, recognition, full discernment. They just, they have the zeal, but <clears throat> they're wrong. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> for they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So we can have an ill-conceived knowledge. Um, I, I know that doesn't sound possible. If, if it was possible that people had an ill-conceived knowledge, there, there would be who knows how many Protestant churches around today. Oh, wait, there are. Lots of those folks, aren't there? And then, how do we know the difference? How do we know? Now we're getting into understanding and wisdom. So let's go next to understanding. Understanding in the spiritual realm 
is at God's allowance. It's at God's permission. It's as God's, it is at God's leading that we have understanding. Let's look at Genesis 11, 6 and 7. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Talking about the situation at the Tower of Babel. Go to, let us go down, and therefore confound their language, that they may not understand Shema used 785 times as hear and 196 as hearken and then other times as obey and understand and so on. But that they may not understand one another's speech. So did God just prevent them from understanding each other? So if you and I understand each other, it's kind of at God's allowance, isn't it? By God's permission, I understand you and those of you who may understand me. <laughs> it's, by, it's by God's admission. It's by God's allowance and permission. Genesis 41.15 And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. What's going on here? Understanding is, it can be a guidance from the Lord or a gift from the Lord. Here's Pharaoh and all of his soothsayers, his priests and his wise guys. They didn't understand the dream. They just didn't get it. And then Here's Joseph, and uh, he had as much knowledge as they had. The king hadn't told him any more than he told the other guys, so knowledge was the same, and yet God gave Joseph understanding. How did he get his understanding? God gave it to him. What we understand from the scriptures, God gives it to us. And it behooves us to just put everything that we read before the Lord and ask him to give us the guidance and the understanding. So we'll get into more of this as we go on. But that's so important for us to understand right here in the beginning. All of these things pastor has been teaching us in one way or the other. But this is I'm trying to just drive these three words home and these three concepts home in today's lesson. 1 Kings 4, 29 through 31. God gave Solomon wisdom, hokmah, wisdom, skillful, wit, and so on. And he gave him understanding, which is, includes discretion and reason, exceeding much and largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east and all of the wisdom of Egypt, for he was wiser, which means that's a com, or uh, used four times, exceeding, teach, teaching wisdom, dealing wisely, make the wiser. All of these are about Solomon. 
than all the men, than Ethan and all those other guys, all right? All of the men of the east, he was wiser than they were. Proverbs 20, verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding, that's synesis, is, uh, uh, will draw it out. We have to think about that for a while. Any ideas there? I mean, we get counsel. Think of Joseph. <laughs> Did I'm sorry, I meant to say Job. Think of Job. Did he get any counsel? Was it like deep waters? <laughs> I mean, it was like, what? And he had to go through all of that counsel and figure out what was right and what was wrong, what was good and what was bad. Turned out that it was all bad. <laughs> and he determined that the counsel he needed was from God the Father. And what it's saying here is that in Proverbs, counsel in the heart of man is like deep waters. But a man of God's understanding, that God has given understanding to will draw it out and he will pull out what is that what that knowledge and understanding that he needs from God the Father which would also give him wisdom out of all of that other stuff that is said in counsel he would draw out the right stuff out of those deep waters because he's a man of understanding tells me that a man of understanding shouldn't reject counsel. How about you? We should accept counsel. And we should reach into those deep waters and pull out what God has for us from what has been said to us by other Christians and people of wisdom that we need to listen to. Mark 12, 32 through 34. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, hast thou said the truth? For there is one God, and there is one, but uh, none other but he. And to love him with all thy heart, and with all thy understanding. There again is synesis. And with all the soul, and with all the strength, and love his, his neighbor as himself, is more than all the whole burnt offering of sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, which is prudently, carefully, cautiously, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God, and no man after that durst ask Jesus any questions. Understanding. Boy, you could tell that scribe, he just knew a whole lot, and Jesus was very glad to hear how much he knew, and he was very close to the kingdom. And he said unto them, let's see, that would be uh, Luke, 24, 46 through 40, 44 through 46. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you. I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Thou opened he understanding, knew us, that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, this, thus is it, it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Well, Jesus gave them what? 
understanding. They all knew the scripture. They'd been with Jesus for over two years. But he gave them understanding for the knowledge that they had already been given. Understanding. God gives understanding. That's how we get it. That's my point. 1 John 5.20 And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding. There it is again. I know you. That we may know him that is true, that we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. And what I get from this and what, what I think, what I believe that, that John is saying is consider my figures of speech. Consider what I'm telling you. And when you consider it, the Lord will give you understanding as to their application. The disposition of the mind and of its exercise is understanding. The, uh, the position that the mind takes is a result of understanding. Does that make sense? That's your, that's your position. More than that, though, it's the exercise of that knowledge is really understanding. That's the fruit of the understanding. Okay, now I can talk about wisdom. I know as much about wisdom as I know about uh, traveling to space. But God gives us wisdom. <laughs> right. God gives it to us. Deuteronomy 4, 5, and 6 Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments as the Lord my God hath commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whether ye go to possess it. When you get to this promised land, these are the statutes that you need to live by. That's what Moses is saying. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom in the sight of all Excuse me, and your understanding, a new word, Bina, here, 32 times, always means understanding. So this is your wisdom and understanding, these statutes that I'm giving, judgments that I'm giving you today. And in the sight of all the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and know the rules that you're living by and how you're living and what your position is for good and evil, and they will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. You ever wonder if your walk with Christ does any good for some people? They see what you're doing and how you live. and They want to do the opposite. And yet, they know what your statutes and judgments are, and they perceive that, you are a very wise person, a knowledgeable person, an understanding person. And the witness, therefore, has reached them. Amen? It's reached them. No matter what they're acting like, it's reached them. And this is what is being said about all nations. When they observe how the Israelites were living. 
Well, we've said this before, it's 1 Kings 4, 29 and 31. It speaks of wisdom and understanding. I've placed it there because it says such beautiful things about wisdom. Next is Isaiah 33, 5 and 6. Um, the Lord is exalted, for he dwelleth on high. He hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness, wisdom and knowledge. Shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Isaiah speaking. Romans in the New Testament now, 11:33 and 34. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known, Janosko, who hath known the mind, the intellect of God? Or who hath seen his, who hath been his counselor? No one has. No one has, has been, has been his, no one has been his counselor. Who has tried to be his counselor? Everyone <laughs> has tried to be his counselor. But no one has been his counselor. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 16. Now we've received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which men's wisdom, that Sophia teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind, the intellect of God, the understanding of God? Who's known the mind of the Lord that they may instruct him that we have the mind of Christ? Wisdom, understanding, all of that is God's. He gives it to us. He guides us with it. Sometimes we feel so smart. Sometimes we read something and understand it in his word and it seems deep. We have a little bit of, I did that. I understand that. <laughs> that goal, I like. That's me. I'm, I'm there now. I'm arriving. No, God gave it to me. God allowed me to have it. Or God, by his permission, I have it. Or God just led me into it. How could we take pride in that? It was a gift. And he gave it to me. He gave it to me. No. And I've tried to instruct God a few times. It doesn't work. It just doesn't happen. He doesn't need it. He's gotten along for a long time without my help. And he, he'll, he'll just keep on going. 
Um, Ephesians 3, 9 through 12. To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery for, uh, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known to the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith in him. To make all men see what is the fellowship of the ministry of the mystery. Ever try to explain something to somebody and it just wasn't getting through? Just wasn't happening. If you've had all of you who've had children know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but also grown-ups, you just can't seem to get through as much as you tried several ways and it's just not working. Um, God makes it work. <laughs> Even if there's resistance that you're hearing, God is the one who's making it work. Giving them understanding when we can't. I can give you knowledge and, and, and at God's um, pleasure, he can give you a lot more knowledge than I can give you. He can increase yours and my knowledge, but I can give you some knowledge. It's hard for me to give you understanding. God gives understanding. That's a new concept for me. He gives the understanding. I can say it. <laughs> I can try to explain it, but unless God is there guiding it and giving it to you, I can't do it. Imagine that. When God thought that people were going to understand too much, and they built the Tower of Babel with this understanding that they thought they had, what did he do? They'd take away the understanding. Like that. So, I think we ought to treat it as gift. I think we ought to treat it as something really important and to use it as much as we can. Um, <clears throat> all right, James 1, 5 and 6. If any one of you lack wisdom, listen up, Dennis. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. But just ask. God will give it to us. Give you wisdom as a gift. And he'll watch how you use it. Won't he? Well, I'll just close with, with some verses here, and we're almost out of time. Um, beautiful scriptures that speak to us all of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. 
Proverbs 9, 9 and 10, give instruction to a wise man and he will be wiser. This hakam means exceeding, to make wiser, to deal wiser, to teach wisdom, that's hakam. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be wiser. You teach a just man, he will increase in learning. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The more we learn about God, the more he will give us understanding. I like that. The more understanding we have, the more we're able to know what to do with knowledge. And the more that will lead to wisdom. God help me not to think of these or to act as though it's one thing. It's three things, all working together with different purposes, with different timings, with different procedures to make a package, to make us a ministry, a ministers and minister, have ministries for him. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19, we've read. So I'll go to Colossians 1, 9 through 11. For this cause we also sense the day we heard it, do not sense to pray for you, and desire that you might be filled with knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that they might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increase in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and to all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. That's where you need the Lord when you're having long-suffering and still have joyfulness. That's when we need him the most. Well, I pray that God has, in spite of me, helped you to understand more about these three concepts and what their functions are. Are there any comments, any things this caused you to think of or something you'd like to add? Okay, now all of you who have ever failed in wisdom and understanding, or just one of you, if you come up here with Fran and tell us how you did it. I haven't done it yet. But that's my goal. This is what I'm trying to do. And this is what God has placed upon my heart for you. So I pray God will speak to you this morning about it. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Father, we pray that you would just bless everyone that is hearing this lesson. We pray that your Holy Spirit will um, help them to increase in knowledge and then in understanding and then in wisdom as they serve you daily and do their best to perform as your partner in your plan, working together, partnering with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you all. God bless you. Appreciate it so much.